Welcome to the Granary Church podcast. We're happy you could join us. For more information on the Granary Church, head to granary.org.au or follow our socials at the Granary Church. So, how many people know what's happening this weekend down at the Entertainment Centre? Gosh, not really. It's a Newcastle show. Yeah, I can see that's the biggest weekend in your calendar for sure. But a few weeks ago, well, maybe a couple of months now, Audrey and I had the pleasure of going to the Maitland show. Now, look, I lived for seven years in Ulladulla. I know about country shows. And uh, Maitland show was interesting, let's say. I loved the V8 lawnmowers racing around the track. That was amazing. But you know what? As Audrey and I looked around at the show, and I'm sure it will be no different this morning down at the Newcastle show, as we looked around, you know what we saw? We saw a whole lot of lost people. A lot of people, they wore their lostness on their face. They wore it on their bodies. They wore it in the way they wandered around aimlessly. They, they showed their lostness in, in just looking for thrills on the rides and so on. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with going on rides and that sort of thing. But if at the core of your life you've just got yourself – if at the core of your life you're just looking for thrills and entertainment and Pluto pups and other such gastronomic delights like Pluto pups dipped in masses of sauce, then eventually it won't fill or fulfill. It won't meet the purpose that you were created for. You won't come to your destiny at the top of the 100-foot tower of death, you know, just before it drops. It might give you a thrill for a moment, but it won't give you joy for a lifetime. And I want to talk today, we've been talking about faith for a long time now, but I want to talk to you today as a church, as this church, about stepping out with that faith and doing something special and something positive. So when we looked around at that Maitland show and saw all those lost people, we were just so, it touched our hearts so much that we need in this city and in this region, we need revival. We just don't need one or two coming to Jesus. One or two is great, isn't it, Tash? Tash is getting baptised in three weeks' time. Yeah, come on. If you want to join her, you can. But you know what? She's the beachhead. She's the one or the two. And God loves to bring the one or the twos. You know, he brought, brought me as a one and, and you as a one. But we want to see revival where people are streaming into the churches. I want to see the name of Jesus lifted up at the Maitland show and the show down here. I want to see more people in McDonald's Jones Stadium for prayer and praise than for the footy. Let's face it, they lost again. But you're a winner if you're on Jesus' team and if Jesus is in your life, you're a winner. Let's, let's just pray. Let's pray that this place sees the greatest revival ever. If you know your history, there have been revivals in Cessnock, revivals in the Hunter Valley, but we are ripe for a revival and I want to talk to you about that this morning. I've called this two chairs, a car and an open door. Let's start with the two chairs. So, who remembers wooden school chairs like that? Some of you. Yeah, be honest. Come on. Now, 
When I was teaching at a local school, I won't say which because they might still be looking to sue me, I was a chaplain and I used to teach from kinder to year 12. And, you know, you like I would have to try and mentally think, okay, kinder, how am I going to teach them about faith? And then, you know, the next session is like year 12 and I've got to teach them about Islam because we're doing studies of religion, you know, mental leaps. But, but year 12 were nothing. Kinder scared the heck out of me. They, like, you have to keep them focused every second. And so, you know, if you're a teacher, you know, little kids need object lessons. They think concretely. And so, you you know, they learn best when you have an object lesson. So I got these two chairs. One of them was just a normal school chair. And the other one, I went down to the general assistant's shed and I got a broken chair. And I sort of put it back together so it looked like a solid chair. And I put them next to each other. And I knew that one was solid and could be sat upon and the other one would fall apart if someone sat on it. So I said to the kids, oh, look at these two chairs. We're going to learn a lesson about faith today. Now, who wants to come and sit on this chair? Who believes that this chair will hold you? It won't let you down. It won't, you know, it won't fall to bits. Who believes that? Yeah, me, sir, me, sir, me, sir. Righto, you come out and sit on this chair. So the kid comes out, sits on the chair. Look at that. It held him up. He put his trust in the chair and, and that's just like faith. Faith is when you not only believe something but you actually act on that you act on what you believe and you and you sit on the chair now who wants to sit on this other chair me sir me sir me sir so yep okay you come out sit on the chair so this kid comes out sits on the chair kaboom you know it just falls apart and the kid's sprawling on the ground and he starts to weep uncontrollably. He just, <laughs> like this. The teacher looks up from the desk and goes, oh, this is a great chaplain we've got here, haven't we, you know? This poor kid's on the floor. Lucky, you know, he wasn't pierced by a piece of wood or something from the chair. But, um, and, and by the way, if, there was any, if there's anyone here from that class, we have prayer ministry in, that, in this church. And if you're still traumatised, these ladies here who are in the prayer ministry team, they can help you. But anyway, you know, the lesson was supposed to be, look, this chair's like Jesus. You can trust him. You can put your, put your life in his hands. He won't let you down. You can, you can live for him and it's, it's going to be a great life. But a lot of people put their trust in other things and they do let them down. You know, there's nothing other than Jesus in this world, in this life, that you can really put your trust in and that will never let you down and never you'll never be dis- disappointed and it will fill your heart and fill your life. Anyway, that was the lesson of the two chairs. And like to this day, I'm sure all the kinder kids remember is, remember that teacher that made us cry and put the chair out the wall, you know? Probably no idea what the lesson was about. But, uh, you know, they, they remember me in the other context. So that's a lesson. And, and that's true, isn't it? Our faith requires a response. Our faith is not just believing in Jesus as Christians, but it's something that we live our life by. And so two two chairs and a car. So let's talk about faith and a car. A lot of us as Christians at some stage have sort of been clinging on to our faith in Jesus, but in a sort of embattled way. We're not doing much. We sort of seem to be at a standstill in our faith life. And it's sort of like all of us, let's imagine that all of us are sitting in one of these cars. So we're all the driver in one of these cars that are all parked along the edge of the road. And we're in there and we're praying, God, 
lead me and guide me through my life, show me where I should go, lead me in your ways and so on. And there's nothing wrong with those prayers. That's a good prayer to pray. But faith is this. Faith is when God actually puts into your heart this. He says, yeah, I'm ready. I'll show you what I want you to do. I'll show you where I want you to go. But you've got to pull out from the curb. You've got to turn the engine on and you've got to pull out from the curb. Once you pull out from the curb, I'll tell you where, left, right, go straight ahead, up the hill, down the hill, you know, because God can't steer a piece of metal that's and rubber that's sitting by the side of the road and not going anywhere. We have to make a decision. I'm going to get going with my faith. It's going to turn from belief. It's going to turn from hope into faith where I actually do something. I actually, as uh, James says, you know, that, that faith and works, they go together because f- our faith motivates us to act and, we, and it motivates us to do something. And it's time we got in our car, we, our faith car, turned the engine on and pulled out from the side of the road. And this is where I believe God's leading and we'll come to the open door in, in a little while. But I believe that this season now of Lent that we're entering into is a season like very similar to Christmas in a way, where we have the opportunity as Christians to reach out into our culture and they're reasonably open because, you know, most people in in our culture, sort of Easter is about Easter eggs and this sort of thing, but most people in our culture have some kind of idea that this is some sort of Christian thing. You know, the Easter thing is some sort of Christian thing. It's not just chocolate. So we have this opportunity because... We know that at the core, at its core, just like everything else in life will let you down, but Jesus won't let you down, at its core, Easter is all about this Jesus who wants to change our lives, who wants to come in and bring us meaning and purpose and give us um, freedom from the guilt and the shame that sin brings. How many people know that there's a, a an absolute pandemic of mental health issues in our society? You know what I believe? I believe, and you won't hear this on the ABC, you won't hear it on Sky News, you won't hear it in the media, but I believe that under the anxiety and depression and other mental health issues lies shame and guilt. Shame and guilt. And the further our society as individuals move away from the the faith that is active in God and move away from their destiny as um people who are called to know God and to live out a life of holiness, as we move further away from that, shame and guilt builds and leads to many, many, many of the other health issues that uh, exist in our society. You see, once, once God deals with our shame and our guilt, the Holy Spirit's freeing us to, to start working on the other things in our life, to start renewing our mind, to start healing our broken emotions, our wounded emotions. And you know what? That's why we gather together. It's one of the reasons we gather together because God's doing a work in you and he's doing a work in me. And when we come to the Father week after week, again and again and again, the word of God is preached, the word of God is shared and shared among us. And 
you know, our minds are renewed and our, our emotional and woundedness, emotional woundedness is healed and God does a work in us. But why is he doing a work in us? Because he wants us to be witnesses and he wants us to be a witness. And Easter is a time when our culture is open more than many other times to be, for us to be a witness. You see, the word of God says this in Romans 10, 17. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word of Christ. In the Bible, there are different words used for word and the two main ones are rima and logos. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God, John 1 tells us. Well, that's the logos, the, the, the solid, personal, uh, the, the written word of God in the, in the scripture. But the rima word is God's personal talking to us. It's when he speaks personally to us, living the Holy Spirit speaking to us. And that is the word that's used here. Faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the personal word about Christ. Now, when I was a six 16-year-old lost little teenager before I knew Jesus, I went on a bus trip around Central Australia and that's where I met Pastor Sue. She was 16 at the time as well. The other five people on that bus trip were four people, young people, were all Christians um, and I wasn't. And one day, because I had a football injury that uh, had um, turned sour and got infected, um, these other Christians all gathered around me and they prayed for me to be healed. Now, here's the interesting thing. At that moment in time, the Rima word of God, the personal word of God came to me and I didn't get physically healed. I had to go to the hospital and get something injected into me that made the infection go away. But what happened was... Faith came through hearing the personal word of God when they prayed for me. It was like God said, I care about you. There's a God who cares about you. And that changed my heart to the point where I began to search and to look. My car moved out from the curb and I began to look and God began to lead me and guide me until one night a mate from school took me to a, a youth meeting. The gospel was preached and I went out the front. I came to the Father in a big way and had an amazing born-again experience. But it was that, that moment where the Christians prayed for me that God imparted something into my half, heart, even though it wasn't healing, that faith was imparted into my heart. And you know what? When we hear about people who are sick, when we hear about our neighbours, if we care about the people who who are lost and sick with sin, if we're really, um, you know, our heart is, is breaking for the child that has walked away from their faith or, or never really entered in, even though they grew up in a Christian family or whatever, if we, if we have that, then we need to be praying not only for them but with them. And actually most people, when you say, can I pray for you, will say yes. And you know what? Around Christmas time and Easter, they're actually even more likely to do that. And we, if we want to see revival, if we want to see God really move in our society, in our city, in a big way, let's start praying now. Let's start praying that this Alpha course is the biggest ever. Let's not only do that, let's get our car moving and invite someone to come to that Alpha course. Let's invite them to the Easter services. Good Friday, incredibly powerful. Faith will come by hearing and hearing through the word of the cross preached. Um, let's put our faith into action. Let's actually get that faith moving. Now, this is what I believe. 
at the moment, Revelation 3.8. This is Jesus talking to a church, one of the few churches in the book of Revelation that he didn't actually say, hey, you guys have got big problems. This church, he said, you guys are doing all right. And I believe that, that that's, that's us as a church. You know, we got, we've got issues. No church is perfect. But God is looking at us and saying, there's an open door. There's an open heaven above you. This is what it says. I know your deeds. Behold, I have put before you an open door which no one can shut because you have a little power and have kept my word and have not denied my name. I believe there's an open door above heaven right now over this city and over this church and it's up to us to get our car moving, bring people along because the Holy Spirit is going to be imparting faith and bringing revival in our city. Is that exciting? Is that exciting to you? Come on, that's exciting. I want you to get a vision for that and really let's capture it and let's start to really exercise our faith and think big. You know, let's think big. Let's think, yes, our neighbour, but let's think this city, let's see thousands coming to Christ and having their lives changed. You know, there's probably in this region half a million people, 500,000. I've long really had on my heart that I just want 1% of them, Lord, at this church. That's 5,000. There's 1,000 now. There's 1,000 and it would be a miracle, wouldn't it? It would need a miracle, but that's right because He's a miracle working God. That's right. And if you pray for someone who's sick, you know, you just offer to pray, say, hey, you know what, can I pray for you? I'm a faith person and I I just want to pray for you. They might get healed. I pray that they do. Word of faith and healing go together. But even if they don't, you can be sure of this. God's doing something in their heart and in their life when you pray for them, just like He did for me. Father God, we come to You as a church, Lord, a church in need of a Saviour. We need You, Lord, to come and touch those wayward children, wayward neighbours, Lord, even to touch our husbands or wives that are not um, believers, Lord, and not following Jesus. Father, but we, we, and we want the ones, Lord, we pray for the ones right now in faith, Lord, for your word to touch them and draw them, get to impart faith and draw them into your kingdom. But Father God, we pray for the thousands. Lord, we pray for the tens of thousands. And I just pray, come the Holy Spirit, come the kingdom of God, that we might see um, those showgrounds, those entertainment centres, those football fields, filled with believers, filled with seekers, filled with people coming to Christ. We pray, Lord, this Easter, may your Holy Spirit move and may our faith be activated to see many come to Christ, because we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. And folks, at the end of this time together, beautiful time of eating and fellowship. If you are someone who has walked away from your faith or, you know, you've never really known what it is to know Jesus, just come down and see anyone at this table. No, no, I'm joking. There'll be some prayer people out the front here um, and you can come down and, and they can tell you more about what it means to know Jesus. Is that good? Okay. Amen. Thank you for listening to our Sunday podcast. If you enjoyed it, either subscribe or follow on the podcast app that you use to keep up to date on when our next Sunday podcast gets released. Have a safe and blessed week.